I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. WTIC's Computer Talk with Tab is brought to you by GoNetSpeed, your choice for crazy fast fiber internet. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And Dennis is Dennis Halnon. He's uh, our new co-host coming in. Help me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. He's one of the engineers at Tab. And we're happy to have him here helping us out. And uh, we we have uh, Mike G reminded us of a tool that uh, we use uh, at Tab that kind of goes back to the caller who's wondering if there was something that they could run this link through to see if it actually, his email issue where he clicked on a, on a phishing scheme or a spoofed email that had a link in it that seemed to do nothing. He wants to know if there's a way to check it. And the tool that we use, uh, is we thought I remembered it being focused as on a file, but Mike G reminded us that they actually do URL. So what's that yeah. tool cost? It's called Virus Total. Virus Total. So we're going to put a link out there for you guys. If you want to go ahead and I think it was Joe, forgive me, Joe, if that wasn't your name, but there is a tool out there where you can put that URL in and see if it is part of their, you know, repertoire of nasty stuff that's out there. So that'll be out there for you as well over at computertalkwithtab.com. So let's get to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. We have one line open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Let us go to uh, Ed in Simsbury first. What's going on, Ed? Hey, uh, thanks for taking the call again. Okay. Uh, I'm the one with the Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator download. All right. So the, the tool didn't work that Microsoft offered to fix their own store. Correct. Ugh. And when I looked at the library listing, the plot thickens here, mm. because even though there's an install button, there's also a uh, exclamation point in a tiny triangle that oh. says administrator approval required for installation, uh, see system requirements. And when I click on system requirements, it says video memory is flagged. It says this program requires a minimum of two gigabytes. Yeah. Recommended oh. four. And Ed, you have one gigabyte. Oh no, but, no. But when I go to the adapter, uh, you know, in Device Manager and look at the adapter, total available graphics memory is four four gig. Oh, so they're wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, another tool of Microsoft's wrong about what you got. Well, I have another suggestion to deal with that. Mm -hmm. That would be to go to the website of your video, uh, video card 
and get the latest driver right. because the driver oh. may be, oh, he did. Yeah, I did. Yep. I, I've sat, experienced that helped so many things in the past. I, that's one of the first <laughs> things I did on my own, but no avail. All right. So, so well, I was going to say, well, it sounds like Microsoft Store's detector is, is misdetecting your video on board. Can you get the CD? <laughs> can you no, buy it? That was my other thing is uh, it doesn't appear like you can do that because I, I bought it actually through Amazon and it was a download. Oh, oh. wait a minute. So you did, you went through the, you, you, you didn't do through the Microsoft store. You went through the Amazon no. store. Correct. Hmm. But interesting. Okay. And, so, and, you know, it kind of mocks you because on that page to describing the software, it has a blue check mark says, you own this software. <laughs> right, yeah. You're like, thanks. Um, thanks, but I can't use it. You know? Right. So it's interesting. So this, maybe it's the software itself won't let you load it. So you have the XE though, right, Ed? You have the downloaded XE on your machine? Uh, well, you know, wherever that's hiding, all I have is the install button. That's the only indication on the computer that it's there. You, um, I haven't bought software on Amazon. Um, I haven't either. I bought MP3s, and they usually bring it down to a folder. And you may want to reach out to Amazon's help because I suspect they actually will respond and ask them where that file might be lurking on your system to see if you can actually execute the install um, rather than going, well, then Microsoft Store is probably part of the control there as far as making sure it's not uh, non-licensed software. Right. So it sounds like they're wrong about your adapter, unless you have another issue with your adapter, meaning that even though it's a RAM, RAM is correct, but there could be a GPU problem where maybe the version of, um, oh, what's it called? There's different flavors of the GPU that have to do with processing a video um, that you might not be compatible with, and they're just misidentifying RAM for that. Are you sure you're up to whatever the spec is on the... Uh, I'm drawing a blank. You know what I'm talking about? Like for when we do it for CAD clients, they have to have a certain um, a certain GPU. Well, that's the thing that they're level. being very unclear with here under system requirements. Yeah. It merely says video memory. But yet when you look on the adapter uh, display manager yeah. uh, listing, it lists total available graphics memory, dedicated mm -hmm. video memory, system video memory, and shared system memory. What kind of card is it, Ed? Do you know? Is it a separate video card or is it onboard? It's the onboard Intel HD Graphics 530. Okay. So you may want to double check to see if HD Graphics 530 is compatible with uh, Flight Simulator. There might be another gotcha there where you need an actual card. Yeah, right. You, you might nice need a dedicated video card. Yeah. It's yeah. not telling you that. No, I but, hear you, but it might be worth checking on the other side of things to see if that particular card, Google that particular card and Flight Simulator 2020. Okay. That might be the other alternative. Then if it, if it doesn't support it, you may want to invest in a video card separate right. from your onboard. Um, right. how old, you said the machine's an i7, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's fairly new. Yeah. But it's uh, it's a slim, you know, desktop oh, box. Yeah. I have to make sure I have a card that's not that, too tall. You should be able to get a fairly good video card even on a uh, smaller profile. The other problem you're going to find is finding a video card. Thanks to cryptocurrencies, people mm. are... Buying, using those cards to mine fake money all day long. What um, a waste. Yes, so there might be a snag there for you, but um, okay. or you can obviously call Microsoft. I mean, there's or try to get a hold of Microsoft support. Um, <laughs> I know, we, I know, <laughs> but you know, 
Or Amazon support. Amazon might be better, um, but then again, they're not experts necessarily at. They might be able to tell you where this t- the software is that you can then execute. It that. it might be a matter of just being able to execute the software as an administrator and letting right. it launch freely on its own. Right. And how, it might how crazy work. Is this? Yeah, it is. There's so many hands in this in this pot. In the old days, you just plopped a CD and it called it a day, and it just <laughs> right. worked. That's what I would much prefer. Right. I know. Yeah, they want to make sure you're legit, Ed. Well, they want to make sure they got paid first. Yes. And after right. that, everything else is secondary. Right. Right. I wish we had more for you, though, but I think it's right. you've already done the updates. The, all the other advice we have is just double-checking that driver, that double-checking to see if that card is, is supported by Flight Simulator. Got it. All right, thanks again. All right, Ed. All right. Bye. Bye. Flight Simulator is an amazing p- tool. I mean, if you want to... Fly some pretty cool planes. I know folks that are just completely hooked on it. It's very powerful. Stuff. Do you play with it? I haven't recently, but I know some people who do, and they have some pretty intense setups. Yeah, very real, very very realistic. Again, yeah. if you have enough of the horsepower to do it. Um, let's try to go to Tony in Farmington. What's happening, Tony? Morning. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? Not too bad. Um, you're dealing with a a complete novice here, so bear with me. All right, we'll try. Um, I've uh, been experiencing uh, problems with my computer in terms of, like, over the last six months or so, <clears throat> whenever I try to copy and paste something to send it out in an email, I can copy it. When I go to paste it into my email, no images or pictures will show up in the email. You're trying to embed it rather than attach them? R- yeah. I guess that's what you call it, yeah. Yeah, I would recommend. But I mean, I was able to do this for years and years, and then all of a sudden the, the images stopped showing up in the email. Right, so it could be the way you're viewing your email. You may not have the, the, the email configured to look at that data as it's been embedded, but I would tell you not to embed it. Yeah, it's, it's always better to attach uh, a graphic file or a video file to an email and not embed it inside of it. Because you don't have control over how it displays at the other end. Right. You're just hoping that the other person's email program is going to be able to show it correctly. Right. Otherwise, you're going to cause a problem where they're going to call us and say, Tony's sending me these emails and I can't see what's in the the pictures. (laughs) And that's double the calls, Tony. It's always better to let them open the attachment on their computer as a distinct file. Right. Yeah. But then sometimes you send it as an attachment and the people can't open the attachment. Because it's okay. too big. Sometimes. Yep. So you, there's limits to mail systems, right? So when you send and receive your, your emails, who, your service has a limit on the size of the attachment. And theirs does too, right? So just because, let's say, UPS says you can ship a 70-pound package, FedEx might say it has to be 50 pounds. So it'll sit at the FedEx dock. I know that's not true, but let's imagine that, right? Same thing with email. If 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 one email provider says it'll support a 25 meg attachment and the next one says it'll support a 50 meg attachment, you're good. If it supports less, it won't go. And is that is that the only reason why you wouldn't be able to open an attachment? Or are there tons of other reasons? There's tons of other reasons, oh, too. Oh, yeah. It could be poorly encoded. and yeah. They may not have the software to read whatever you've sent. Maybe you sent a, a file they don't have the ability to open. Okay. They might be, you know, may, they may not understand whatever you're sending. So you could always create a Word document embed your images in that and then attach the word document okay one other problem sure um say i'm searching uh, i'm on 
I'm on Craigslist, for instance, and I'm searching for whatever, say, furniture in Bristol, okay, or whatever town. So I, you know, I click on furniture, and now when I, you know, when I go to the next screen, I go to type Bristol in in the, you know, the search area for that Mm -hmm. screen. And I used to be able to type, like, BR, and then Bristol would come up, or GL for Glastonbury, and the whole city would come up. Now, nothing comes up. I have to type out the... I have to type out the full name of whatever town I'm looking in or whatever. Yeah, you cleared your cache. That, that, that was cached stuff uh, within the cookies of Craigslist. You might have cleared those cookies uh, for whatever reason. Uh, it's it's not your fault. It's most likely the website's fault or cookie you cleared. Um, and how do I get that back? It'll rebuild over time. Because I've been using it where I keep having to type the full name of whatever into it, mm-hmm. and it, it still... I mean, it's not it's not going back to the the way it was. Right. Again, it's, it's but then it could be the website's fault. There's nothing really you have control over there as far as how that loads. But it's it's a caching issue, either with your browser. What browser have you are you using? Chrome. Yes. All right. So I'm guessing the Chrome browser hasn't cached it anymore. Like when you type in your name in many browsers, it'll pre-fill your name, right? Right. So that caching feature is something that the website's gonna use to leverage and pre-fill these areas for you generally. So I would tell you to just continue to do it, or you've turned something off or changed something in Chrome that is causing the cache not to occur, unless you have another thought, Dennis. Well, um, yeah, that would, that would be, that would be my, my suggestion. One thing that I did notice is I'm on Craigslist. Yeah. And when you search for types of things to buy or sell, um, it does have its the site itself supplies you with uh, guesses, and you can see that those those guesses show up as uh, blue links, and you can click, and then it will fill the box with that. Um, as for location, it doesn't appear to be serving that up in the same way. Yeah. So it, I would think it's part of the website design. Okay, well, I, I know I was able to do, do that for years, and then all well, of a sudden... Yep. They may have changed their design. They change right. it, or the, or the browser has an issue, so you just have to wait till they fix it and deal with it as it goes, Tony. Okay. Um, lastly... Actually, um, I'm going to put you on hold, because uh, Joe's going to get mad at me if I don't go to a break. Can I put you on hold? Sure. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. Let's go. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We are back. It's fast. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we're here till 11 o'clock, so feel free to stick around. And then coming up at 11, Dr. Alessi will be in with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. So let's go to um, your calls, and we're going to go back to Tony in Farmington, who had one more question. What's going on, Tony? Yes. Um, there was an email uh, service that you highly recommended over, say, like a Yahoo or something like yes. that back a ways ago what was that proton proton yeah proton mail it's a company and uh they're not in america they're out in switzerland and fully encrypted email back and forth so uh it's a company that is running working with uh, i want to say mit um and uh, a swiss organization to give you encrypted email and so okay, it's a way to kind of you know keep the prying eyes uh, of whoever out of your e- out of your email. All right. Not that and you're doing actually, anything wrong. Yeah. Actually, one <laughs> one last quick thing. On a previous call, you mentioned uh, are you 
stressed enabling something that was free on Microsoft. Two, you should not. Well, it's not always free, but two-factor authentication. A second factor after you enter any kind of password into any kind of service you're using should be enabled. If the if the service offers you the ability to turn that on, do it. So, like when you log into your bank, there should be a second factor that gives you a text to your phone or to a to an app that says, "Hey, are you? This is you, Tony. Is this you actually trying to get in here? If it is, type in these numbers." And that's on your phone. Um, okay. For your email, if you happen to use 365, you can turn on two-factor authentication with that. It's going to add more headache to your life, right? Sorry, but it does. But if a bad guy gets your account because your password is, I don't know, kitty cats, um, you know, if they've got the password, they don't have your phone. And they can't get that second authentication um, so that they can't log into your email and do bad things. Um, right. So turn on two-factor authentication wherever it's offered period these days. Okay, very good. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, yeah, the whole thing about... Um, I had him locked here. This whole thing about ProtonMail is... I mean, if you just heard... I can put a link up here. To, this is a, a security officer at Microsoft was testifying to a congressional committee about the number of, of, of inquiries the government is making secretly. Secretly to companies whose data is in the cloud. I, I don't know why you'd be surprised um, that this is occurring, but the guy, this is a Microsoft security officer who is saying, look, they are using this tool. They're saying they're, they, get, they just have a boilerplate letter that says we're going to do this. We want to do it secretly. So if your company is in a cloud provider, whether it's Microsoft, whether it's Amazon, whether it's a third-party cloud provider, the government has a way to go ahead and just ask that provider to let them in. Now, in the old days, you, you needed to have a warrant. Again, not that you're doing anything wrong, right? But they had to actually knock on your door and serve you with something before they went ahead. And, and if you look at the movies, they take your, their computers under their arm and walk out, right? They're doing this behind your back and not even telling you they're doing it. Right. And worse than that, they're doing it by signing a national security letter, right. which is just signed by an FBI agent. Right. And it comes with a muzzling order. Of so the cloud the provider. provider is not allowed to say anything about it Correct. to anybody. Right. And then, again, you used to get notified. Now, again, I, I have no problem with the FBI. I have a problem with this process. That, you know, you, if you put your stuff in the, these companies are sticking all their stuff in the cloud. And, again, it's fine. But, but realize, who's looking at your stuff? You might be surprised who's looking at your stuff. Um, and whether they're looking at it for a real good reason or not, wouldn't you like to know? I mean, this is America. Isn't it a Fourth Amendment right? <laughs> I think it's Fourth what Amendment. I thought. It is the Fourth of July here. And Independence Day is what we're celebrating. And this is occurring. I'll put the link up here for you. You can read the story. It will, it'll chill you. Um, and you really shouldn't be surprised. Um, the cloud has definitely caused a snag when it comes to data, security, privacy. You're willingly, willingly sticking it up on a third-party platform and in case of Microsoft, I mean, these guys have a hard enough time producing an, a tool that tells you whether or not your workstation works for their new version of And you're going to, I mean, come on, guys. What are we, doing? What are we talking about? We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We've got Lori and Steve on the line. Two lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC. 522-WTIC are the numbers. Everything we've talked about has been posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. We'll be right back. 
Follow us on Instagram at WTIC1080. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And we're going to... Oh, why is Dennis's mic not working? Oh, because I didn't hit the button. Sorry, Dennis. Say it again. And I'm Dennis. There he is. My fault, Dennis. And uh, we're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. And uh, I put a link up there to that article I was referring to. And the um, the executive in question is Tom Burt. And he is a Microsoft um, security... Uh, Security advisor or an officer over there and uh, talked about the fact that um, what's going on with the abuses of uh, getting access to our data in the cloud. And this is a quote from Tom, quote, before cloud computing, if law enforcement wanted to get access to data, I only bring this up because this, this is the 4th of July and this is a Fourth Amendment issue. So <laughs> just make sure there's some reason I'm bringing it up. Before computing, if law enforcement wanted to get access to data on your computer or a network in your office or home, they would have to obtain and serve a warrant in order to enter your premises and collect the evidence. However, today, if law enforcement wants to secretly search your virtual office in the cloud, they just have to serve a boilerplate warrant and secrecy order on your cloud provider that prevents you notice. This is Tom Burt from Microsoft telling you this. So again, you know, I've always joked about this. As long as you're not doing anything wrong, Right, but again, with the amount of laws that are on the books, we're all guilty of something, right? You're all guilty. Just jaywalking, and they're going to put you in handcuffs, right? So, <laughs> I mean, this should scare the crap out of you. I'm sorry, um, you know, and it's not shouldn't be surprising to you. You have voluntarily taken your business's functions and put it in somebody else's hands, and not only do the third parties have access to it, but those folks who are managing those servers, which are no longer yours, well, guess what? They might have access to it, too. Absolutely. Right? Just remember, there is no cloud. It's just someone else's computer. Right. That you have chosen to, for some reason, treat as an operating expense rather than a capital expense and own your own systems and your own technology within your own four walls. Um, so don't be surprised if, if someone's looking at your stuff and saying, well, you know what? You're doing something wrong nowadays. Who knows what that is? It could be. It could be. <laughs> and you're like, I was just, I don't know, I was just printing T-shirts. I had no idea I was doing something wrong. Let's go on to uh, your calls here. Lori in Deep River next. What's happening, Lori? Hi, good morning. Morning. Um, just a, a comment. In the past, you always talk about using Firefox and DuckDuckGo as a way of helping to protect your browsing. Mm -hmm. And recently I switched um, back from an Android um which was giving me all kinds of grief sure. to an iPhone. Yeah. And when I was using Firefox, it kept defaulting to Google as the, the search engine, even though I told it I wanted Firefox. <laughs> and it wasn't giving me DuckDuckGo. So I finally just got rid of Firefox, yeah. reinstalled Firefox. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened again. So went back into the App Store, found that DuckDuckGo actually has its own app. Correct. Installed that. Yes. And, uh -huh. oh, it works. It does. Yeah, that's a way to go. That's what I have done uh, for my Android. I've run the uh, DuckDuckGo app on my Android. Oh, it's beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I was pleased because we have it on everything else. Um, so we're we're browsing that. We've got Norton LifeLock, so we're using that. So we've got the VPN there, and yeah, you know, works very well. So, and I, and I do 
subscribe to your same method of maintaining passwords in a notebook. <laughs> you can't hack them, can you? Notebook. I mean, I do carry some with me because I can't remember all the different variations of what I have. That's but, fine. Um, and again, you if know. you've got two-factor authentication also turned on. On the phone, yes. You're, yeah, and the phone is so, again, it's the phone is a thing that is also hackable. There's things called SIM jacking okay, yeah. that occur. So if the bad guys really, really, really want Lori's information, like if you happen to have a big crypto, well, yeah, right. If, they had a, if you had a big crypto wallet, like you, you've got all this cryptocurrency because you just love the fake money, you might be a target, right? right. They're going to go, if, yeah. you're, if you're a Verizon carrier, you might they might try to get a Verizon person, which is, I can give you tons of articles on this, where they actually yeah. will pay the inside person to port your number over to another phone so that the second factor goes to a different phone. So that's why you want to maybe consider understanding that phones are a, a they are a thing that can be used for two-factor authentication, but you can use apps. And the apps yeah. that are part of that are harder to hijack than the phone number is hard. Yes, the the apps are more difficult. Microsoft has an authenticator, right? and somebody getting control of that is a lot harder than just getting control of your phone. Right. But good stuff, Lori. You've done you've done well. We are trying. Now, the other thing, a local AT and T just sent me an email that because they're dropping their three G network, yeah. my husband's phone, which I've got to check our account and make sure they actually show the correct phone for him, because mm-hmm. he has a four G phone, and they're saying, "Oh, we're shipping you a brand new one, so that you're free, free of charge," and like, mm. he doesn't want that. Okay. He wants to keep the one he has. Right. I mean, is there any way other than, I mean, I, I can't see how they can stop the phone as long as we don't activate the new phone. Well, if if they turn off the broadcast of 3G, the phone won't communicate with the towers. If but it's a, his phone is a 4G. That, so if it is truly a 4G, they seem to, yeah. beg, they seem to beg to differ on that. Yeah, um, I know, which is well, because, kind of frustrating. Well, here's the thing, actually. In, way back, way back. A lot of these companies were actually get, getting yelled at because they were advertising the next generation of service, and the 4G showed up, but it wasn't that they well, were 4G compatible. You you, you stole uh, my thunder. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, the problem is that that 4G service you think you have right. is mm-hmm. not actually 4G. Right. It is just a revised version of 3G that's been a little bit souped up. Right, and then they show the display. And, and they the display tell you that 4G. it's 4G. But right. that's not what it is. Right. And AT&T okay. got, they, it was kind of a scandal, what, three, four years ago? Yes. And if we yeah. really okay. wanted to His look. phone yeah. is probably three to four years. It's a Motorola. Ding. Yeah. Um, so it may not ah. work, Lori. It may yeah, stop I working. Would, I would be worried that that phone won't work. I would hmm. be. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So take well, the new that phone. That explains that. Yep, take the new phone and move on, and then we'll we'll try. I can try to find a link on that whole scandal for you, but I do recall it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't. I don't remember. I mean, we're spotty. We try to listen to you most weekends, but it's right now Tour de France time, so that's playing in the background. Not you guys. I'm sorry. Can you believe that woman stuck that sign out? <sighs> oh. Oh my gosh! And they're looking for her. Good. Apparently, she they fled the country. <laughs> yeah, I would flee the country too. You bring down a peloton like that? Oh my gosh. The damage to the the riders. I mean, people are stupid. Like they said, if you want to visit your grandma, go visit your grandma. Don't. <laughs> right. That's what she was saying, right? Hi, grandma, right? Hi, grandma, or something like that. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Absolutely horrible, the damage that was done. Clearly, they got to do something so. about their uh, crowd control. Maybe some, some lines need they to be established. They need to put up more, but there are so many miles. 
that are being yeah. ridden in a day. Yep. And yep. They're on so many roads that are just there's no way of controlling the people. No, that's awful. Yeah. Well, enjoy the Tour de France. That's great. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. So, thank you very much for all your help over the years. Oh, our pleasure. We're going to be here for more until Microsoft and, and 1080 kick us out. Uh, <laughs> we'll be here. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. You too, Larry. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. Oops. No, let's go on to I pushed the right button here. Too many buttons. Let's go to uh, let's try to get a quick call in here from uh, Steve in Wallingford. What's happening, Steve? Steve, you there? Steve. Going once, going twice, Steve. All right, we're going to put Steve back on hold. Um, you know, I guess we'll step out for a quick break if Joe's back there. Joe, you there? We're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to get right to your calls. Everything we've talked about has been posted over at computertalkwithtab.com. And we did find some articles already, right, Dennis, about the whole 3G, 4G, AT&T thing? Yeah. Um, also an article about the 4G is 5G thing. <laughs> it's another Which just idea. came up and is apparently a problem now. Right. They tacked the letter E onto 5G. Right. And they're marketing their 4G service as 5GE. And again, you don't even need 5G to do anything on a phone. No. It's, 5G is an awesome technology when it will be here. Because there's going to be so much bandwidth for so many devices on the network to actually talk to it. Like our cars can talk to each other so they don't run into each other. You can do all sorts of great things with 5G. Your phone doesn't need 5G. No. You, you can watch a high-definition movie right now on a third of that speed. You don't need that kind of bandwidth. Yeah. So having, having it on your phone for them to say, oh, go out and get 5G is like, okay, go ahead. It's silly. Uh, let's go back to Steve in Wallingford to see if he's available. You, you there, Steve? Yes, I am. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. What can we do for you, sir? Well, I've got an easy question and a hard question. All right. The easy one is <clears throat> you used to have a fella on that had a, a TV and antenna place out in Avon. I did. And he's. I hope he's still around. It's uh, Bob Serio, Perfect Vision and Sound. I drove past their shop. It wasn't there. It wasn't, maybe they moved. Um, I just drove past them uh, yesterday. Um, and they weren't, that shop wasn't there, but they may have moved. But Perfect Vision and Sound in Avon is who we always recommend. Okay, that's I, because I have to put an antenna up for my sister, and I'm not into that part of it. I don't know how to choose the correct antenna. Yeah. And, and I also need a DA. So, and the other situation I have is uh, I'm operating Office 365, mm -hmm. and I'm using Outlook for it. Yeah. When I, when I go to send an email, we have a, a, a little box that says from, and if I click on that box, I was able to put in my company name, which is what it defaults to, as to who it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And then I was also able to add in my Yahoo account, my Gmail account. I have some other companies that I do work for. And so it would, it would look like it was coming from them. And uh, for some reason... Uh, I tried sending something out in Yahoo recently, and it bounced back uh, from the person that I sent it to, and it said something about uh, I don't I don't have authorization to do this to send to them. Well, no, to send to um, uh, to send from my Yahoo account. 
Hmm. It does seem odd that you're able to send from multiple accounts. I've never tried that. Have you, Dennis? I have not done it, but I it apparently it's a thing that people are doing. Yeah. So well, it's it's slick because instead of going over to Yahoo.com and into my mail and you know getting stuff and sending it from that, so the recipient gets my Yahoo address. Uh, I, I can just stay within Outlook and grab everything right from Outlook, and I'm I'm much more yeah. well versed with Outlook, and it did work fine yep. for a while. So Yahoo has turned that feature off. It sounds like it, 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 when I read, and I apologize, Peter, so I could read it back to you, but it almost sounds like my business account that everything for for all intent and purpose, most everything comes from my business email address. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's indicating to me from what I can understand that my business email address no longer has that capability of of sending it from a different address in Outlook. And I, I erased my Yahoo address and I re-entered it. And yeah. uh, it's almost like, like I don't have permissions because my uh, Outlook 365 is registered under my my uh, business uh, email address name. Yeah. That's interesting. It's an interesting thing you're doing there with your Outlook. So you're sending it from you know, a business email and you want to send it as well from your other email boxes to the same recipients. So they could get they could get three messages, right? Well, no. I mean, I would send it. Uh, it I would just say if I, if I wanted to send it to somebody but I didn't want them to have my business uh, email, yeah. <clears throat> I would just click on the from button uh, it would give me a drop. It's a spoof. It's almost yeah. a self spoof. Yeah, uh, that might be part of the problem. I wonder if the the server that's sending out the mail is detecting it as if you're spoofing somebody, right. and it's saying, "Nope, I can't do that." It, it's possible it is a permissions problem. Yeah, yeah. So it could be uh, that, and it may be something new that's being yeah. done now that wasn't done, you know, a month ago that, or yep, whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, feels that I, way to I, me. Yeah. My last, my last thought is to go to Microsoft and, and pack a lunch and sit there on the phone <laughs> waiting for them. Yeah. Uh, or just and, look it up, look up spoofing. Cause you're kind of spoofing. Um, you would actually, you could actually look up outlook for spoofing, um, other email addresses. Cause that's kind of what you're doing and see if they, they have restricted that, um, because it, the word spoof is not a bad word. It just is what it is. That's actually a silly word, uh, but it is what it is. Maybe you'll find that they have turned off that ability. Uh, there, There's also a possibility that he needs to put in a different kind of a password for his Yahoo account. That's true. That would be what's sometimes called a th- secret key or a third-party app password. Good point. And uh, we can uh, provide a link to the way to do that on Yahoo. It will coach you through the steps to use that, and then you would go into your email settings for the Yahoo account, change the password to this. Secret well, they app. call it a third-party app, but other companies call it by different names. Yeah, but it's a specially generated, computer-generated, usually very long password. It's nothing that you're ever going to memorize or know. Right. But you just put it into your email program to authenticate that account, and it may take it and mail it. There, right. There's an answer for you, possibly. Uh, but yeah, it's just a well, guess on my send, part. Uh, I did send, using Outlook, I, I clicked on, initially when I set this up, I clicked on sending from my Yahoo account. 
Mm-hmm. And when I went into the two address bar, I sent uh, just a quick note to my uh, business email, and it went through fine, and it came back as uh, Steve from Yahoo.com. Okay. Oh, because it didn't leave your server. Right. And Stay within. It may... It, it may it didn't. It didn't go out anywhere, so it may not have conducted any kind of a spoofing check. Uh, okay. So okay. it just and, kept it to right. itself and then shoved it into your mailbox. Right. Well, keep in mind too that this is Office three sixty five, so yep. I was yeah. kind of figuring that it would be using the same server. Yeah. Uh, well, effectively, it does. Yeah, yeah. If you if you get multiple boxes, you're, you're if you're sending receiving within Yahoo or sending receiving within Google, even though you're using three sixty five, Outlook is just a mail client right, right so yeah, that, like right. to dennis's point it's staying within the yahoo servers it sounds it sounded like yeah. in that test good luck well, steve we got a link for you guys, uh, that's great i'll look it up and uh i appreciate all your information all right good luck thanks bud. Uh, all right bye-bye Bye. all right let's see if we can get another call in here before the top of the hour as long as uh uh let's see if we can go to tom and harwinton there's no g in hey, harwinton Eric, you got it right. I did, but our our producer didn't. He put the G in there. No, I didn't even tell him G. I thought he knew by now. No, we just don't know. We're from Connecticut. If if you're if you're from Connecticut, it's Harwington, but it's not. What can we do for you, Tom? So, uh, welcome to Dennis. Hey. I heard you say um, perfect vision and sound. Uh, you thought they went out of business. No, no. Like Sweet 100. Thank so you, sir. still there. Uh, yep. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. All right, Tom from Harwinton. <laughs> <laughs> Joe now will never forget that. and He'll never put a G in Harwinton again. I want to thank you guys for joining us uh, here on uh, WTIC on this Saturday morning uh, uh, Independence Weekend. Um so enjoy your holiday, enjoy your time off, and enjoy Monday. We uh, appreciate those who did what they did so that we have our independence still. Keep that in mind. And I want to thank Mike G for posting everything live over at computertalkwithted.com. And I want to thank Joe over there producing for us, uh, keeping our show running all day long. Stick around. Dr. Alessi is in next. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. And Dennis, what do you want to say as you sign off here? Remember, the cloud is just someone else's computer. See you next week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.